Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on Twitter. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on Twitter. And spoiler alert, we're going to talk about spoilers. <laughs> yes, we're, that's, a, that's just a general spoiler alert. If you are not currently caught up on all of television, then stop listening. Yes, uh, but this kind of tr- the, the trigger essentially for this conversation, as is the trigger for most of my conversations with Ben, is uh, the X-Files uh, premiered, uh, or had a early premiere, I guess, as how we're thinking about it at Co- New York Comic Con. Ben was there. Ben went to see it. Ben won't answer any of my questions. It's true. Liz asked me some things after it was over, and I think, I think mostly I responded back with questions to you, or just flat out said no. I'm not talking about that. There's like one or two big things that I I know I, I feel like I'm pretty confident about the answers. I just want you to confirm them, but you won't do it. <laughs> I refuse. I I just I I have a feeling about these kind of things. Like maybe it's just my own personal thing getting reflected back on there. I'm a pretty spoiler-phobic person. Like, a lot of things that some people don't consider spoilers usually kind of bother me a little bit. And yet, I still watch a lot of movie trailers, which is probably a terrible decision. But anyway, yeah, I just, I kind of put that on a lot of what I do, where I'm just, I'm not going to spoil things for anybody. I know people are sensitive. I don't want them to feel like I ruined something for them, even, you know, if I already know it's not a huge deal. I don't want them to know that it's not a huge deal or whatever. So yeah, so yeah Liz, I'm just, I'm not going to tell you if, you know, Mulder dies in the first episode of the X-Files. But he does, right? Oh yeah, he's he's toast. <laughs> Anyways, but the, 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 the whole thing kind of made us, I mean, it's something we talk about all the time in terms of discussing television in a modern context because the question of the spoiler has been dogging us forever and you know there have been attempts to create like spoiler etiquette like when is it impolite to reveal a plot twist uh like do you have like what kind of what kind of a buffer essentially or uh what kind of time frame is appropriate to wait before talking about say a big reveal in game of thrones that sort of thing uh but none of them have ever really been successful and the only thing i've really seen as a really great strategy is just erring on the side of caution. Yeah, and I mean, to to your point of, you know, kind of within the, the critical or journalistic realm, I mean, yeah, we've dis- we discussed this all the time. Spoilers come up constantly, and I feel like it's one of the few things that is, you know, very much alive within a critical world that still crosses over very much to the audience that we're talking about. Like, sometimes we'll get caught up in things that just don't really apply. They're just kind of our own complaints. Like, the too much TV discussion is often related back to, well, that's just a critic's complaint. That's just our problem. But this ap- applies to everybody. So, like, you want to be able to have a standard. You want to kind of know what you're doing. But a lot of people just don't agree with it. I remember reading a piece, I think it was on CriticWire, um, where they kind of polled a bunch of critics about, you know, what you could say and what you couldn't say. And I want to say this was back when Gone Girl came out. And there were critics who were saying that, you know, everything that happens in Gone Girl is fair game. They're going to talk about it in their review, which comes out, you know, two weeks before the movie comes out. Because how else are they supposed to talk about the movie? And I just remember thinking that that was insane, that that was just a terrible, terrible thing to do. That you, there's, there's absolutely no reason to talk about that sort of thing in a review. You can get across your point and get across you know, everything you need to say about a movie and whether or not it's good, great, bad, otherwise everything in between without spoiling things. 
But, you know, no one seems to agree in, on even the in-between ground between those opinions. So it's, it's definitely a, a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is it, it speaks to understanding what kind of thing you're doing when you do it. Uh, and it's why when we approach editorially writing reviews of programming, we, have a ver we, we draw a, a distinct distinction between uh, anything that's being, you know, between the season opener, which is kind of something we publish before the episode airs, and the, season, and the episode review, which we publish after the episode airs. Yeah, I mean, those, those season reviews, if you're reading them on IndieWire, they are not going to have spoilers. They are not going to tell you anything outside of, I mean, pretty much anything outside of the trailer for the season, and sometimes not even that. We're not going to spoil anything for you. We want to make sure that you can read those, get an idea of what's to come, kind of get a feeling of whether something's good or bad, um, or whether it's not even that, whether it's your cup of tea or whether it's not without risking, you know, reading some blatant thing that's not going to happen until episode four, and then you're just sitting around waiting for it. Whereas our episode reviews, obviously those are geared towards people who are keeping up with it or who are coming back to check in on it. So yeah, those will have some spoilers in them, but they're pretty easy to, you know, avoid if you're not going to, if you're not going to uh, want to hear it. Well, that being said, uh, you know, these are things we can control, the, the stuff we publish. But what I find, what, what, gets, what, what complicates the matter is going out into the world and talking to people. Um, I know that actually it's uh, something that I find occasionally frustrating, especially like if you get to see something in advance and you're the old, like I remember I watched the Hannibal finale, uh, the Hannibal, I guess, series finale now, uh, a couple, a couple, like two days before it premiered. And... I was just sitting there like, I, I need to talk to somebody about this, but I have no one I can talk to about it because everyone who cares about the show will kill me for spoiling it for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel very similarly after watching that X-Files premiere where it's like, oh, my God, I can't wait for Liz to watch this so I can talk to her about all of this crazy shit that's happening. But I, I mean, that's just that's the burden that we've got to carry, Liz. We get to watch TV early, so we've just got to learn how to sit on it until we're allowed to talk about it. And what's interesting to me is kind of how once a show has been released, so not these shows we're waiting on, not not something, not necessarily like a Hannibal finale um, or or the X-Files that's coming up, but stuff that's already happened, stuff that's aired, what what the line is there. I yeah. mean, the biggest, the biggest example is obviously Game of Thrones. Like, Game of Thrones has so many ridiculous things happening in it and so many twists and so many people who die constantly that i mean there's just there's it seems like there's no way around it but really for me the way around it is you just don't say it you just don't talk about you know who who died you mm -hmm. can put that in a different phrasing or you can cover a story for people who you know want to read it without giving away things in the headline or giving away things in social media where it's going to just ruin it for those who aren't up to date because I don't even buy into that. Like I, I know some people think where you draw the line is, oh, well, you know, Game of Thrones aired last night. I can talk about it, you know, however and as loudly and with whomever, you know, that I want. And I just, I don't buy into that. People watch things on their own pace. You've got to just be respectful and hold it and hold it in check until you find out that it's okay. Well, and even the knowledge of us, even the knowledge that something something big is happening, that there's there's spoiler worthy material in a, a particular show, that in itself is technically a spoiler. I remember when uh, The Good Wife aired a big episode. It was last year. It was last year. It was a, a, a you know uh, Dramatics Your Honor is the name of the episode if you know it, and it it basically I remember the month I I didn't. 
I don't really watch The Good Wife uh, as it airs. I'm not sitting there at 9 p.m. on Sunday night on CBS. But I would usually catch it, catch it within the next couple of days. But that Monday, I was going through the my feeds and seeing like six or seven articles from various different publications saying, big spoiler for Good Wife in this article. And I'm like, some of these are publications that don't, don't even ever write about Good Wife. I, <laughs> I need to stop whatever I'm doing right now and go watch that episode right away. And I did that, and but I was the whole time I was like, oh no, something awful is about to happen to somebody I like. Something awful, oh, it did. Something awful did happen to somebody I liked. And uh, that is, I feel like that's the best I can do about talking about that episode without actually spoiling it for you guys. And see that, even that brings up a very good point because I feel like everything that you just described, whereas if you just see a lot of things popping up about a show that usually doesn't get covered, but they're not actually giving anything away. They're not hinting at who it is or they're not, you know, listing a name in the headline or even, you know, kind of talking about the plot in and of itself. It's, that seems to be okay. Like it's got to be covered. Like that's got to be out there. So, I mean, you just, you're going to get stuck with that knowledge, but I guess at what point does something become so widely known that it's no longer a spoiler? It, it's definitely a big event for the show, but, I, I mean, to use kind of a, a very old one, which I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for anybody, I, I don't care. Like, this is beyond beyond <laughs> my caring for this. The Sixth Sense, the ending of The Sixth Sense, when Bruce Willis, you find out, you know, he's been dead the whole time. Jesus Christ, Ben, come on. <laughs> oh, Liz, you haven't seen it. God, I'm such an idiot. Um, but I mean, that's out there. It's been out there. It's, I don't think it's a matter of time. I don't think it's a matter of, well, that movie has been out now for 16 years. I think it's more of like, well, that's been out in our culture almost, you know, a year for like, for like immediately after that, that show came out since that movie premiered. Right. But you can't talk about it immediately after it premiered, but maybe a year or two afterwards, like it became so ingrained in our culture. It became such a reference point for twist endings or for, you know, spoilers in general that you just start talking about it. And there's definitely other examples of that, especially a more recent one with Game of Thrones that I feel is just all over the place and has been constantly mentioned and people are very well aware of, even if they're not caught up on the show. But, you know, some I still don't feel comfortable enough about that to say it. So is there ever a point or what is that point where you're like, okay, we just got to talk about this? Well, it's really interesting. Uh, so you bringing up Game of Thrones because I, uh, I, I confess that every once in a while I will listen to our very own podcast uh, whilst driving somewhere, uh, just because I, you know, it's like nice to look back on what how we do and so forth. And I was listening to our podcast uh, from I believe uh, last week, our, our 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 Halloween episode, essentially, and both of us commit relatively. Both of us commit spoiler uh, infractions of spoilerdom. Uh, I described. I, I tried to get around describing the ending of an X Files episode, and and <laughs> I was like, I was doing pretty well in describing what was really cool about it, and then I completely blew it uh, in terms of revealing the final twist of the episode. Uh, but and and then you also mentioned. I'm just going to say it. Ned Stark gets his head cut off in season one of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah, I absolutely did do that. No, and right. that but that's fine. Like, I feel like I, I do kind of believe in the statute of limitations. And especially because something like, I feel like if, if a show's gone by for like five years and you really, it's the kind of show you would have been invested in. And if you haven't caught it until now, 
maybe you should be told that Ned Stark dies at the in 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 season one. I would say though that spoiling Ned Stark is fair game. I wouldn't say necessarily that spoiling, say, the big season death at the end of this most recent season is fair game. Right, and I feel like that is one where people have really crossed a line because not only is it you know in it's I've seen it in headlines, I've heard jokes being made at public events like uh, you know various award shows and whatnot. I've you know it's all over the place. Like there's just an extreme reaction to that, and it's almost it's for me it's almost like well God I I I don't want to take part in this, but it's almost like it's beyond my control now. There's there's news stories coming out about it. There's <laughs> there's actual breaking news alerts being sent into my inbox about this this huge ending, like this huge catastrophe at the end of uh, the last season. I just so I don't know. I don't know when exactly that is. I'm glad you brought up. Uh, the, the the Ned Stark aspect of Game of Thrones because for me I guess I guess maybe I do believe in a certain statue of limitations. I, I guess for that it's more about inviting it in or not. Like I feel like if you're listening to this episode and you're hearing us talk about spoilers and you hear a, a show's name or a topic come up, then you're gonna instinctually want to turn it off if you know you don't want anything. And right. that kind of applies across the board. It's when it's when it shows up uninvited. It's when it's something where you would never expect it to happen. Actually, you just had that undateable piece, undateable live piece that went up, and within that undateable live episode, they're actually going back and forth spoiling things for one another about certain TV shows, one of which literally just aired like a few days before. And to me, that's just insane. How can I watch another TV show feeling like, okay, great, I'm going to enjoy this, and then you know maybe... You know, tomorrow night when I have my free hour, I'll catch up on Empire. But oh wait, this other show spoiled it for me. That's just that's inc- that's crazy to me. Like I can't get beyond. That's just nuts. It's funny because it, I I kind of every once in a while think to myself that just saying spoiler alert isn't that great a deterrent. But it is a good point you're making about how you get getting some warning about tuning out. Like if we're about to reveal something big, like saying Game of Thrones spoiler alert. You know that in theory gives whoever's talk it gives whoever's listening enough time to pull the ripcord and get out of here. Yeah, and it I mean it works a lot better in print I would think than it does in in like actually talking to one another like oh, yeah. talking to people or listening to somebody because you know sometimes and and it, it's totally on the person who's doing it too because I've heard people who are just having a normal sentence and will go spoiler alert X Y and Z and then it's that's not enough time. You you can't just say it and assume people are going to be able to find the pause or skip or whatever. But uh but yeah, it's it's there's there's warnings, there's 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 practices, there's guidelines. I I mean, I've I've been very adamant about trying to get it out there, which I'm doing actually right now by saying it again that IndieWire doesn't do these things like we don't spoil like we've got the policy in place we want people to be able to feel safe when they come onto the site but you know it's the internet how do you even know that unless you're so engaged with a one specific site or so engaged with one specific discussion that you know you just can trust it I, I mean it's it's really hard to hard to live out there if you're you know a TV junkie and not catch this every so often. Yeah, I mean, certainly our loyal Traver, Traver maniacs uh, know your, your, your very strict policies. All, Is that all, the code? That made that, that's a good nickname. I'd be yeah, fine with that. The Traver maniacs? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Um, but 
yeah, it's it, it's a good point you make about the fact that it works. Uh, the The concept of the spoiler works. A spoiler alert works much better in print. Even uh, I remember uh, we had a early we had a piece before your piece about the X Files uh, run on the site, and I did the first edit on it, and. I had to cut. I, I had told the freelancer who wrote it, who's a lovely gentleman, uh, very, very specifically. We do not want any spoilers in this. Your, your, this piece should be about reading the room and about the post Q and A. And he, first thing I see when I open up the document, getting it from him was some slight spoilers ahead. I'm like, nope. I, <laughs> so I very, I ended up basically skimming the piece as lightly as I could. Uh, and then kind of pinpointing the big problem areas I saw and cutting about two paragraphs. And I, it, it, it still worked. It still flowed really well. Um, but I had to make that choice. And I even managed to do it without really re reading and processing all the details. So I, I'm still quasi-unspoiled. But that was something I definitely had to do for... I, I, I did it for our readers, Ben. Absolutely. And, and that's why, again, you're just falling on your sword for this kind of thing, Liz. You can't talk about it with people when you want to talk about it. You get spoiled on your own end when you're just trying to edit stuff for somebody else. I mean, it's really a hard way to live. Some would say it's probably not even worth it for us. We should yes. just quit and, res and, and rescind back into the, into the never world. I'm going to Vermont. But, <laughs> there you go. It's a good spot. But, but that I actually, that's a good way to introduce kind of why... We started talking about this, like you mentioned earlier. It all started with the X Files, and it all started with, uh, you know, me knowing that you knew some things. I know you're trying to avoid a lot of stuff online, and I know you actually got exposed to some stuff by accident, you know, via this piece that you just mentioned, and via a few other avenues that just you know, sprang up out of nowhere. Um, so for me, it was very much trying to figure out what actually constitutes a spoiler, like how much, what kind of information. Um, actually makes you feel like you had something ruined for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is such a fine line, especially because it's so subjective. Like some people know everything going into something and they can still love it. They can still fall head over heels and get sucked into the story and be kind of surprised or at least understand, you know, how it would have been surprising and appreciate that. And then other people are just like, I'm not even going to watch this anymore. Like this is done for me. So I don't know, that, that question of, of what actually is a spoiler and what isn't is a big one for me. Yeah, I, it's a really interesting point you make there, especially because, I mean, we all have our own barometers. Um, I, I, personally, I personally don't get too upset about like, knowing that someone has been cast in a thing. Like, and yeah. even if that means, oh, uh, God, what's a good example? Um, okay, if you're, if you're watching The Flash, this is technically a bit of, this is a, bit of a thing. But all I'm going to mention is that uh, there is a season. There's a there's an actor on the show who is still listed in se for season two as a season as a series regular. He's still a member of the cast. But based on the events of episode of the season finale of Flash last year, you would expect him not to be a series regular. So, um, wow, I actually got through that pretty. I think that that's that was good. That was yeah. completely spoiler free. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine you don't. But. <laughs> But basically, someone's in the cast that, in theory, shouldn't be in the cast. And what does that mean for the story going forward? Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, that I don't really consider a super-duper spoiler. because if, Only because like if you're going to avoid all casting news ever, you're going to be very not really reading anything. And I like to read some things. But yeah. I don't know. For, for you, Ben, does, does, a, does, a, does, a, 
is like when you found out that Anne Dowd was going to be a season regular a series regular in the leftovers this year, did you consider that a spoiler? No, I didn't consider a spoiler because, um, well, because of two factors, and that kind of leads into my next point. So that was a great question. Um, good job, it. Liz. Yeah, I, I'm a winner. Uh, <laughs> but but no, like like at first, it's it's just that I have no idea what they're going to do with her. Like I, I I really don't, and especially you know even when that came out, we didn't fully know exactly what they were going to do for season two, but there were rumors about Texas and moving and and casting changes and stuff like that. So it was still one of those things where it's just like I don't know what I don't know how she's going to be in it. It could be flashbacks. It could be a it could be a ghost. It could be like she's actually alive. It could be like a ton of things. There's just a million different ways she could be in the show. So it didn't really bother me as a spoiler. And the other thing was I just kind of trusted in the people who were telling me that. Like that came straight from the creators, I believe, at one of the panels for the show, one of the one of the, you know, appreciation things or, or Emmys Q&As or something. Like that came out of the people who were actually making it their mouths said the words. It wasn't something that got leaked or stolen or or whatever. And when that happens, when it's something that the people who are actually creating it want to tell me, I assume that it's safe. That's a really that good actually, point. And that actually leads to, yeah, that leads to one of the things that I was going to ask you, which got widely reported at the X-Files thing, um, was, which was that the lone gunmen are coming back. Yeah. And that's, to me, it's like, man, that's right on the edge. That's almost like a spoiler. But Chris Carter was asked that in kind of a weird way. He actually got asked that in, by some, some fan who was asking like a big question and, and rambling on for a while. And that was something kind of within it. And then Duchovny just kind of filtered it down to say, hey, I think he's trying to find out if the lone gunmen are coming back. And then Chris Carter just kind of looked down for a second. And he goes, oh, the lone gunmen are back. And then everybody went nuts. And it was... I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, Chris Carter's telling me this. I trust that there's a reason for that. I It seems insane that these guys are coming back, but, I mean, I guess they did it once before, so they can probably do it again. And I just trusted that that wasn't a spoiler, and I put it in uh, the, the write-up that we did on it because yeah. it was out there. Like, it was one of those things that was officially out there. So, I don't know. Well, technically... Uh... If you've watched the series, if you watch the series finale of the X Files, technically the lone gunman could be an and Dowdish sort of presence. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Who knows what they've got planned? But yeah. Well, well, that's the other thing about it too. It's like when you're going between seasons. Even I remember, especially with this season for Homeland, they were talking. Um, I went to the Paley Fest panel for it, which was you know a long time. I think it was before they even. It was right before was like they May. even left. Yeah, it was. It was like as they were getting ready to leave to actually go across to you know Germany and shoot it. And they were talking about all these things and releasing all this information about what was to come in season five. And it was, a, I mean, it was juicy stuff. I mean, they were, they were jumping ahead two years. You know, she was going to be in Berlin. Um, like, there was a lot of information coming out of that, which, you know, was straight from the creators, straight from the people that I trust. So it was, you know, I just went with it. It was like, okay, this isn't a rumor. This isn't a, you know, isn't something that should be hidden. This is just what they want us to know is coming. So I guess people should know that. But technically, you know, somebody who's binge watching years from now isn't going to know that, you know, all of a sudden between season four and five, there's going to be a two year time jump, whereas everybody else was ready for that. So it's kind of a different, it alters the way you're going to see it. Yeah, that reminds me of one of my all time favorite spoiler flubs, which uh, 
was committed by, I believe, a reporter from E! News uh, interviewing Jennifer Lawrence on the red carpet at the Golden Globes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, this is incredible. <laughs> it's worth looking up because yeah. everyone involved gets so upset. Um, but basically, in keeping with our spoiler policy, I'm going to dodge this one as much as I can. But Jennifer Lawrence is being interviewed. She's asked about one of her favorite TV, what her favorite TV shows are. And she lists one of them. And she's like, I watch it on, I, I love it. I watch it every, I, I, I get every season on DVD and I watch it that way. That she very specifically says this. Lo and behold, who should be by, right nearby, but a cast member from, <laughs> from said show who had just left the show at, uh, on, uh, as, it, as it aired like a couple of weeks ago or something. I forgot the exact timing. And uh, the E! News reporter proceeds to go, oh, look, who, look at who it is. And Jennifer Lawrence is like, oh, I'm so excited. You're so great on the show. And then the E! News reporter says, oh, you know he's dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer Lawrence is like, no, I'm watching on DVD. I told you. Yep. Um, spoiler alert for that clip. It's hilarious. You should watch the whole thing. Um, yeah, again, if you guys Google that and then get mad at Liz because <laughs> you found out what happened on Homeland, that's that's on your own head. So. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's fascinating, too, because I think, you know, it's something that we deal with when we're writing. Like, I, I actually just edited a post that uh, one of our lovely interns wrote about uh, about Tracy Morgan, uh, just like 12 best Tracy Morgan sketches. And she got pulled up a lot of great pics and done a nice job putting it together. But I ended up trimming back a lot of her descriptions because they revealed punchlines. And what's yep. the point? Why, why would you want to watch, uh, uh, watch, the, watch the video we've embedded above if right below it we tell you what the punchline is? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's interesting because sometimes... It's so subjective again. Some people actually will watch that video before they read anything and then they'll look to the bottom for an explanation or a confirmation or, you know, just some sort of commentary on the exact things that were said in the video. And and it's kind of goes back to our recap culture. Like a lot of people will literally just read 3,000 words on an episode they just watched, which literally just tells them exactly what they just watched. Yeah. It's some sort of confirmation or, or, or way of, you know, understanding something better, I guess. But but yeah, it's to, to us, it's more spoilerly. Like we we know there are people who read the are like the clips or the or the little paragraphs beneath the video before they watch something, and we don't want that to be ruined for them. But uh, but yeah, that God going back to that Jennifer Lawrence thing, I that was just I I think I actually saw that in real time. I think I actually oh, saw awesome. that as it happened, and I was just sitting there going, "Oh my God! Oh my God! What are you doing? Oh, she's gonna kill you!" And this is the person that you do not want on your bad side of all people. Just she knows want to, to be on her good side. She knows how to shoot a bow and arrow. She's yeah, good exactly. At that. Good um, on. But it's and that I, that started a huge debate. That started a big debate over whether or not Jennifer Lawrence was right to be mad at him for spoiling that. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? Of course she's right to be mad." I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I am team J Law on this as well. Yeah. Uh, but I want to take this moment to shout out to our managing editor, Kate Erbland. I, I, God, I've never tried to say her last name out loud before. But I think that's close enough. Anyways, Kate's... Very smooth. Kate is great because Kate, Kate is uh, uh, the 
is a really interesting person because Kate is probably represents a large portion of you guys out there in the world, to be honest. She does not care about spoilers. Uh, so actually, remember when I mentioned watching the Hannibal finale and freaking out and wanting to have someone to talk to about it, I was able to ping her and be like, can I please tell you what just happened to me? Because it was really upsetting and I need to talk with someone about it. And she's like, yeah, sure, go for it. I don't care. And I was able to tell her and she was able to empathize with me. And under be, it was it was a good moment. It was a nice bonding moment for us. And I, I feel like she's not alone in this. Like, I feel like there are lots of people out there who don't take the concept of spoilers so seriously. Um, yeah. I, I don't understand, but I, oh, res- yeah. I respect that. I respect, I respect the idea of maybe of like, I don't know, maybe it just comes down to narrative, not being the major reason you are connecting with a piece of material. If we want to get highbrow about it, but I don't know. It's weird. Well, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that's probably a big chunk of it. I mean, there's definitely other aspects to appreciate this sort of thing. Some people could just be sick of the culture in general. Like they know, you know, they can't protect themselves from everything. And if they are not engaged in it right now, then, you know, what's the point of, of you know, avoiding something that is, you know, newsworthy or conversation worthy or, you know, is, is going to bring an abrupt end to a conversation like, you know, you were just talking about. Um, and what's interesting to me, too, is there is that other side of it. There's that side where you really want to talk about something in specifics and you can't because you're worried about spoiling or spoilers. Spoiling, God, spoilering. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> but you're worried about that, so you can't do it. And then the people who have seen it, which is, you know, often when we're writing things about a specific show, often people are caught up. Um, they aren't getting exactly the kind of specific feedback or analysis that maybe they want. And I don't know. I feel I, that's kind of what I like about our balance between the season reviews and the episode reviews. I feel like the people who want that can find it in the episode reviews and the people who don't can, you know, stick with the season stuff. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a large segment of people out there who just don't care. And, you know, for us, you know, for those of us that do, they're the dangerous ones. They're the ones who are going to spoil something for us and it scares the crap out of me. That's actually a good point. Um, they, 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 there's a good side and a bad side. Um, there's this one time, there's one time I, every once in a while I do actually ask to be spoiled for things, mostly because I want to get a sense of whether or not it's important to me and it matters to me. And I remember actually, I wasn't a big fan of Fringe in its first season. I watched like the first like five episodes maybe, and then I dropped off and my parents kept watching though. And like, I think it was like maybe mid season two, like a year or so later after I'd stopped watching, uh, my dad was like, no, you really got to check out this show. This show's great. And I was reluctant. Uh, and he was like, can I spoil one minor thing for you? I'm pretty sure this is how it went down. I said, sure, you can spoil this one minor thing for me. And then he told me this detail from the season, the season one finale. And it made me want to watch the show. It was like a Mm. small thing. But it was really, it was at least a really big, huge, interesting idea. And I wanted to figure out, I wanted to see where, what, how, how they got there and where it was going to go afterwards. And uh, frankly, I do not regret this. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, watching Fringe for, for the four seasons that we talk about Fringe. Though I actually, yeah. like, I like season five okay, actually. I'm, the, I'm that person. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't, I don't remember if you watched that one. I have not. I am, I'm. I have not seen Fringe, but I like that story because that story is also very important. Sometimes you can just judge something for yourself. You may think to yourself, oh, I don't care about that. And then 
you know, I'm going to, you know, I'll find out what happens. And sometimes it turns you around. Sometimes, you know, the spoilers, which are often big twists, are so good. They're so juicy that they make you want to engage with that thing. Um, I think both of my biggest spoiler memories, I guess, came around the time when I was in high school. And in regards to what you just spoke about, I was dating somebody who had just seen The Notebook and I was making fun of The Notebook. And to make fun of it, I'd, I'd never, I hadn't seen it and I hadn't, I hadn't read the book or I didn't know anything about it. I just saw a trailer once or something. And I literally guessed every single thing that happened in that movie. <laughs> I told her like, this is what happens. And then this, and then this, and then, yeah. Okay. And, and it turns out he was the one and then, yeah. And then they died. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. That's the notebook. And she was just staring at me like, how did you know that? How did you, how did you remember? How did you, I don't know how you could figure that out. And I was like, it's obvious. Of course that's what happens. And after that was all confirmed to me, I still went back to watch that movie, and I freaking love that movie. I've watched that movie no. 20 times. I love – I've seen all the Nicholas Sparks movies now, and they're mostly terrible. Don't get me wrong. Please don't lose all the little respect that you have for me. But, I mean, sometimes that's just enough. It's like that – is batshit crazy. I have to check that out. Or in the case of The Notebook, it was just like, man, that sounds really sweet. I'm in the mood. I'm going to give that a shot. And it worked. And then on the other side of things, I actually had Million Dollar Baby ruined for me uh, on the front page of the Chicago Tribune. Good Lord. Because, because there, was a, there was a story about, um, about euthanasia where – they just had a picture of the movie, and then, like, right at the top of the story, they said what happened in the movie. And it, I don't even think it was in wide release. Like, I don't even think it was in a, in a theater near me at the time. And I was just staring at this like, oh, my God, what what have you done? And that pretty much ruined the movie for me. So, Well, given that the movie is only really any good yeah. into, up until that until that third act like the first, the first two acts are great and then it becomes garbage yeah well if, and if you know that's coming it changes your your view of those first two acts so yeah no because like i i remember watching it being like this is great i'm thoroughly enjoying this i love movies about boxing and lady boxers especially and then yeah and then it became a garbage fire yeah yeah <laughs> uh liz one of your better phrases is his garbage fire <laughs> i don't even know if i don't I, I don't think i can take full credit for it but i am fond i'm becoming increasingly fond of it if i can oh. popularize it that's fine please America, do by all means um yeah i mean it's and the thing the thing is we're not going to solve much like much like matt damon isn't going to solve diversity in his oh. in, in, in project Greenlight. spoiler alert for project Greenlight. Burn. Um, yeah, we aren't going to solve the spoiler problem, but I think the most important thing about about the spoil about spoiler culture and spoiler alerts is they're all based. They all should. They all need to be based on communication. Like uh, it was actually interesting. I talked a little bit about this with Bo Willimon, who's the creator of Game of Thrones. Um, uh, you know, just kind of about like you know when 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 Netflix dro- drops the season all at once, you know he know there there are going to be fans who watch the whole thing right away twelve hours uh, twelve twelve hours later, uh, and there are going to be people who take their time with it who take a few weeks. And I asked him like how he approaches creating conversations when you, creating conversations around the show when all the people around you might not be fully caught up with the show, and he's like, well, I I you know he. Does he does lean towards earmuffs moments occasionally, but you know it's all just about being sophisticated about how you communicate. And I actually saw him then later speak at South by Southwest, and one of the first things he did was poll the room. Uh, I believe the questions he asked were, "Who has seen any House of Cards? 
who has seen all three seasons of House of Cards, who has not seen any House of Cards, or is, uh, but doesn't care. And <laughs> and, the, and that, that to let him get, I don't, I forget exactly what the breakdowns were, but it was a split. It wasn't like overwhelmingly one way or the other. And mm. uh, he, I just, he adjusted his conversations accordingly. And it, it did mm. occasionally call out like occasional earmuffs moments, which, you know, of course means cover your ears if you're unspoiled, that sort of thing. But, you know, mm. I don't know. No, that's, I mean, no, really, that's a beautiful way to put it. Because like you said, it's, it's not going to be something that, Anyone is going to have the power to just come down on one side or the other and say, this is the policy. This is what this is. This is what you, this is what you can do and this is what you can't. So the more we talk about it and the more you know, people are aware of everyone else's sensitivities, let's say, then you know, we're all going to be a little bit better off. We're all going to be a little bit safer. We're all going to kind of hopefully find some sort of medium in here where you know, these conversations can still exist for the people who want them. And then they'll be around later for the people who who have to wait. Yeah, it's like anything in life, you know. Think before you spoil, and apologize when you apologize for infractions, and try to be a decent human being. Absolutely. And if anyone somehow would despoil the leftovers for anyone, then I mean that's probably unforgivable. You can just you know walk off a cliff. But you know, otherwise, you know, you'll probably be okay. Now I feel really good about not telling you anything about the leftovers I've watched so far. Yeah, don't do it, Les. I, you, you know better. You know that I'm that of all shows is where I get a little sensitive. Yes, absolutely. Um, so with that, Ben, uh, spoil us for what was the best thing you watched last week? Uh, the best thing I watched last week was Bob's Burgers. And I feel like I've talked about this before, and I apologize if I have. I need to keep. I need to do. Liz, you have a running list of all this sort of. Do you want me to start writing writing down list. yours? I don't think you've done Bob's Burgers in, at least in a little while. Yeah, I should just do it is really what it boils down to. But part of this is because I am a big fan of Bob's Burgers and I'm often looking for ways to discuss it even when even when it's just a good episode, even if they're not doing anything groundbreaking or game-changing. It's like, man, I wonder how I can write an article about Bob's Burgers today. And, you know, often I fail. So I'm I'm talking about this, one, because of that. It's a great show that you got to check out. And, and two, I actually had a buddy of mine text me and say, I hope what you're doing right now is figuring out a way to talk about Bob's Burgers. And I was like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to do it. And uh, everyone, make sure that you're caught up on that. Uh, it's it's glorious. It's so good. It's so funny. Yeah, I need I need to dig in with Bob's Burgers. I've, I've, never, I've never managed to connect with it the way you have. But I, oh, I, I, Liz, I, come I res- on. I respect you too much not to try to give it a real shot at some point. Yeah, they've got, I think it's the first four seasons are up on Netflix, and really, you can start anywhere in there, and you'll be, you'll probably do fine. But uh, but what's the best thing you've seen last week, Liz? Well, uh, I am I am behind many of my fellow critics uh, in that I watched a fr- the first few episodes of Jane the Virgin last year, but like many things in life, I got, it kind of fell by the wayside in favor of other shows. Uh, but the first season's now on Netflix, and I'm digging in hard and it is really fun like the they it's it's you know the the cast is great the the writing is so charming and they dig through but and they blow through plot like crazy like we're i'm on i believe like chapter 17 or something they call the episodes chapters and there have been a ton of reveals a ton of twists we are or we already have an identical twin show up that's great. It's pure. It's 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 taking this really postmodern spin on uh, soap operas or more specifically telenovelas, um, and really really playing with it 
and also letting it feel human and real and in, in, in important moments. So I, I knew it was going to be a good show. I knew it was going to be a lot of fun, but I didn't know specifically how it was going to go. And I'm really glad that I'm in the middle of it. I think that's a great one to bring up for this too, because for this, you know, spoiler discussion, because it's, it's, I feel like it's one of those shows where, like you said, they churn through so much and so much changes and there's so many twists and turns and, and stuff like you could spoil, you could, you could think you're spoiling something for episode you know 20 for somebody who's only on episode four and they don't know like how in the world they would even get from point A to B. Like that's just, it's just too far beyond their comprehension at that point because there's so much going on. Like, I mean, yeah. a lot of soap operas have that. I could, I could probably try to spoil some things on the OC, which is my favorite soap opera. Um, but I think it would be the same way. Like I could tell you some stuff that happened in season four and you'd look at me like, what the hell are you talking about? So yeah, yeah. good pick. Thank you. What's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to is a show that I actually feel bad. It's another show I feel like I should be covering more, um, despite, you know, the infinite amount of television that's out there. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing the robot chicken DC comic special number three, magical friendship. <laughs> Part of it is just because as we've discussed before, I am a DC comics guy. I love anything to do with their core characters. It's a lot of fun for me to kind of reminisce on that sort of thing. Um, and part of me is those freaking robot chicken shows are so funny. Like they really are. They're just sharp. They're not very long. They're easy to watch. And I still am way behind on it. It's, it's, I mean, it's not even something you have to watch, you know, sequentially or, or, you know, every week or whatever, but, but yeah, I, I feel like that's a show that doesn't quite get the level of respect that maybe it deserves, uh, even for just being very, very funny. There's a lot of stuff to admire about that show, but if you just look at it for being incredibly funny, then, uh, on those terms alone, it should get discussed a little bit more. Nice. I mean, it sounds, I, 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 I too enjoy checking in with Robot Chicken. They see, it seems like they're not, they're not producing full seasons anymore. They're just doing specials. Uh, actually, I think there is a new season coming out shortly after the special airs, like maybe the week after. So right. I, I, I think it's on, you know, its own schedule, its own thing. They're busy. Like those guys are doing a lot of different stuff now. I think I just saw them sign on to a new deal just yesterday. So, um, so yeah, but, but no, there's some more content coming. Great. Uh, but what about you, Liz? What's the next thing you're looking forward to? Well, uh, as I try to forget that Marvel's Jessica Jones is coming and because <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm getting to the point now where I'm nervous. It's not going to be great because it needs to be great. I, I reports, reports out of New York comic con, which had a surprise screening of the first episode were very positive. I feel very positive, but I, I, I need it to be great, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I'm trying to, trying to distract myself by thinking about the other, the next real uh, Netflix show to come down the pipeline, which is master of none uh, the Aziz Azari uh, comedy that uh, is, I believe it's Michael Schur is one of the cre Michael Schur is run one of the right runner, the showrunner on it. Uh, um, it's also written by Alan Yang and probably a bunch of other uh, Parks and Rec office alumni. And it's so uh, they, we haven't even seen a trailer yet, but uh, yeah. so far the buzz has been really great. And I've, I've recently been real. I think I, Aziz Ansari came up in an interview that I did yesterday, and just talking about stand-ups who wear suits. And it was really interesting. I, I was reminded of Aziz Ansari, and I was like, I want to see more of that guy. When can I do that? Oh, perhaps he has a Netflix show launching at the end of the month. Perhaps that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's uh, 
that's I think it's Alan Yang and Anzari who cre- who co-created the show, and right. I think Aziz is the only one who's in it, like as the main cast member. But, oh yeah, uh, no, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, it's, there's there 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 there's a there's a cast I believe as uh, you know beyond him, like H. John Benjamin is in it, I believe. I forget who's playing his girlfriend. Um, do you remember Ben? I don't. Okay, but anyway, so that one's gonna be fun. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and so. In the meantime, uh, we're gonna you can we'll be writing about all these shows and more at IndieWire.com, where you can find reviews, interviews, features, all sorts of fun stuff about television because television is a fun thing to write about. Spoiler free too. Yeah, unless it's an episode <laughs> review, in which case we're gonna blow the whole lid off the place. Yeah, everything is just coming on out. Um, and if you like listening to us talk about television, then you'll love listening to Eric Cohen and Ann Thompson talk about movies over on our Screen Talk podcast. And then if you love them, you're just going to go nuts for Dana Harris on IndieWire Influencers, where she brings in just, I mean, an incredible amount of diverse, influential people. I mean, that's pretty much the only way to say it. I've, I've tried to label it more as like, you know, Hollywood hit makers or, or just kind of the hot person right now or, or showrunners or directors or writers. But I mean, she's bringing in a lot of different people and it's a really exciting show to kind of dig into. So uh, make sure you check both those out. Yeah, uh, last week she talked to Jay, uh, Jay Duplass, uh, who's never yeah. dull. So, uh, <laughs> and meanwhile, you can also find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet, that's with an I and an E. Correct. So we'll be back next week, and in the meantime, keep watching television. <laughs>